This is On the Radar with me, your host, Radar, as always, and we'll talk about local and national sports and pop culture as well. Wow, I can't believe it. We've done 80 podcasts. That's so many. And, you know, for those who are actually listening, I appreciate it because, quite honestly, I know that there aren't that many people listening it, despite the fact that I know over 1,700 Facebook friends, and I know, and I probably know double that of all the people I've ever met in my life. I know that many people. But, yeah, thanks for listening. And so let's start off with some sad news. Calvin Haywood, a prominent sports director who worked for ESPN and ABC and the Yes Network, passed away. He was the first director of ABC's, black director of ABC Wide World of Sports and the first black director at ESPN studio shows as well, but, and also working at Sports Center. Then he was working both ESPN and Yes at the same time, and everybody is, was all, you know, sad about it because they all knew him from all of his things. So rest in peace to Calvin Haywood. And then we lost Johnny Crawford. Now, Johnny Crawford, for those who know, he was known as an actor, singer, musician, and he was in the original Mouseketeers. And, well, a lot of people know him that he played Mark McCain in The Rifleman. He played The Rifleman's Son, where he won nominated for Emmy Award for supporting actor at age 13. And then he continued to act over the years, and then he led a uh, orchestra himself later on, and he was going to be always known as the child in you know, the Rifleman, and everybody's going to remember him for that. He passed away at the age of 75, you know, due to the Alzheimer's, so it's really sad because, you know, a lot of people, including myself, watched him on the Rifleman and other things he was in. So, yeah, rest in peace to Johnny Crawford. Rest in peace to Olympia Dukakis. She was an actor, director, producer, teacher, and activist. She was in so many TV shows and films, won a good amount of awards for Academy Award and a Golden Globe, and then Moonstruck, and then in the for Sinatra nomination and for Lucky Day, More Tales City, and Joan of Arc. Um, she passed away at the age of 89. She appeared in so many things over the years. The last thing she was in was Tales of the City. She was in a show called Sex and the Violence, Bored to Death. There was a bunch of things that she was in as well. And Olympia was the last time that she was in something in a movie. And she passed away at her home at the age of 89 in hospice care. Rest in peace to her. We also lost Billy Hayes. She was known for her comic portrayals of Witchy Poo and Little Abner's mama, Mammy Yukum. She passed away at the age of 96. Rest in peace to her. And then we lost Bobby Unzer. He was a famous automobile racer. And his brothers also did all the racing as well. They won the 8500 a bunch of times. And he is probably like the only ones to win it together. And he's one of the 10 drivers to have won it three more times. And he also went to have a long career as a broadcaster as well. So people know him if they didn't see him racing. They knew him as a broadcaster at NBC, ABC, and ESPN. He passed away at age of 87, so rest in peace to him. And in non-death news, Tennessee Titans NFL draft pick Rashad Weaver was charged with assaulting a woman in the fourth round pick. It due to a simple assault in connection to an incident that occurred April 18th. The officer, they found a woman lying on the ground trying to prove her people. Uh, witnesses said it was him that he did it, even though they didn't find him at the scene. And they said that somebody had, like, punched her in the head, but there was no injuries to that. So I don't know how they're going to keep him on the team or not. But this guy was just was drafted. He was pretty good in college. 
Ryan Miller, longtime hockey goalie, announced his retirement. He was just on the Anaheim Ducks this year, and he played for the Sabres, the Blues, and the Canucks. He was drafted all the way back in 1999. He won the league's best goaltender award before, and he's the most and it's the most wins for American goaltender in NHL history. He played for Team USA as well for the Hockeys. And he also had a brother who played hockey as well. He retired at the age of 40 in a very long career. All like the franchise records for the Buffalo Sabres and college records and USA records. Besides from the NHL as well. So happy trails to him. Now Saquon Barkley got his 50-year option pickup and so did Calvin Ridley. Those both make sense. They're two of the best players on their teams. Uh, the Buccaneers the only team to keep all 22 starters from their Super Bowl team in the salary cap era. So... That looks like a good chance of them repeating. Russell Westbrook had 13 triple-doubles just let alone in the month of April. Super close to passing Oscar Robertson's record for most in a month. The Suns and the Knicks both clinched playoffs for the first time. The Suns since 2010 and the Knicks since 2013. While the Cavaliers were also eliminated from the playoffs. Marshawn Lynch has invested into one of these professional fighting leagues for MMA. So that's interesting. DJ Moore, his option was also picked up. The Gordon... Uh, Lightfoot, Lord Lightfoot of Chicago announced 25% capacity at the Bulls and Hawks to let him in. I would love to go to those games, but they're going to go for so much money, it's not going to be worth it. Tim Tebow, who played on Urban Meyer in college, has said he would like to come back to the NFL as a tight end. If Tebow wanted to be an NFL player, he should have accepted the fact that he wasn't a quarterback and became a special teams player or a tight end, but then he decided to go the broadcaster route and the baseball route. So if any team would sign him, it would be the team that... It's coached by his former coach in college. Aaron Rodgers, everyone knows he wants out, but I don't know how that's going to work because the draft just happened. Everybody really selected who they wanted a quarterback. Uh, Breeze is going to be a Notre Dame football analyst as well, and they're going to make a documentary ESPN about the one year that the Notre Dame was part of a conference as well because they've never been affiliated with a conference. Carlson now was the first AL pitcher with seven strikeouts, three hits or fewer in his first four starts, and his ERA... Uh, you know, 0.72 and 36 strikeouts and four starts is the best ever by a pitcher in Sox history. Mac Jones being was the 11th player picket by, you know, Bill Belichick of a player who played for, you know, Nick Saban. That's interesting. And Gettleman traded down two times in the draft. It's the first time he's ever done that. The Jets drafted all offensive players within the first couple of picks the first time since 1982. And in hockey, the Penguins, the Capitals, and the Bruins announced that they've clinched the playoffs. Lamar Jackson's option was picked up. The NHL team in Seattle called the Kraken are officially now a team, so they'll be able to start making roster decisions and moves because they're now officially part of the part of the hockey. Kobe Bryant's wife, Vanessa Bryant, whose birthday it is today, announced a Mama Cita clothing line of, in honor of her daughter. That's cool. Randy Ozarena, the star Rays player from the playoffs last year in the World Series, his his brother is now the goalie of the soccer team in Tampa Bay. So that's interesting. Anderson Verja wasn't played in the NBA while he's playing in Rio de Janeiro. is back with the Cavaliers. That's interesting. Kevin Porter was signed 50K this, this past week. And at the same time, when he's fined 50K, he scored 50 points. And the youngest player passing LeBron James scored 50 points. That's interesting. He scores that much and gets fined for that. This guy is a young player. He's trying to figure that out. The Royals announced on their, like, Twitter page during this draft that they drafted a bunch of players that were, were football players like Archie Manning, Dan Marino, John Elway, Deion Sanders, and Bo Jackson. And they actually had, you know, Bo Jackson actually play for them. Jason Tatum became the 
Second Celtics player ever score 60, Larry Bird being the other. Roku announced they're driving the YouTube TV app. Lazo, La, uh, Lamella Ball is back. Everybody thought he was going to be out for the year. He's now back and playing. That's interesting. A- uh, Amazon is getting the NFL Thursday Night Football package instead of 2023 and 2022. I was really hoping it would be this year's, but it is not this year. And uh, the draft next year, though, will be in Las Vegas. Rashawn Evans' options not being picked up, the linebacker. And the Ravens signed former Steelers player, offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva for a two-year, $14 million deal. It's a good move. It helps them, but also it steals away from the Steelers. Dennis Schroeder, unfortunately, is going to be out for two weeks due to COVID protocol. Tyrus Halliburton, he's going to be out for a while, uh, the rest of the year with his injury. And both Tatum and Brown left their gains with injuries, hoping they're okay. Mark andre Fleury now tied with Roberto Longo for third all-time wins for goalies. That's impressive. ABC, I mean, excuse me, yeah, ABC News is going to be coming out with a Mike Tyson documentary called Knockout. And the fact that uh, they keep coming up with all these Mike Tyson things, he said he wants to make his own. They're doing it now, I'm guessing. He's okay with this, but there's a lot of things about him. LeBron James has joined the Lakers, is now 0 5 all time versus the, Ra- versus the Raptors. That's interesting. Carmelo Anthony moved to 10th all-time on the scoring list. Congratulations to him and a testament to him to, to get that far as he passing Elvin Hayes because, you know, everybody thought he was washed up. The Blackhawks officially were eliminated from the playoffs. Sad to see. Rakeem Boyd has been picked up in the draft by, like, the Lions. He was part of that last chance U. Barrington Wade, who went to Niles North and played for the Iowa Hawkeyes, was was signed by the Ravens, so it's cool to know that there's a player who lived in Skokie and attended the same high school as I did, playing in the NFL. The Atlanta Dreamhead coach, Nikki Collin, is leaving Baylor, is leaving to go to Baylor to replace Kim Mulkey, who had left. So that's interesting that they somebody want to go to a college program and leave the professionals. I would probably want to stay in the professionals. That was me. Offensive tackle Jawan James towards Achilles, he's out for the year for the Broncos. Chris Paul at tennises, zero turnovers. The most, he's got the second most since Muggsy Bogues. He is 44. Amir Garrett, after causing like a brawl with the Cubs and the Reds, you know, like a fighting, not really fighting, he was issued a seven-game suspension. Hanaskar Yanoa hit a grand slam the other day as a pitcher. It was the first time since Jaime Garcia, who also played for the Braves, did that. And the Blue Jays announced they're moving to Buffalo on June 1st. For all those wanting to go to Dunedin, Florida, and go to all the games, like I was thinking that, you know, if I can get myself to Florida in the summer and just bounce around between Tampa Bay and Miami, it would be so cool to then go and see them in Dunedin, but they're going to be all the way in Buffalo. And Buffalo is nowhere near the New York metropolitan area, so that's not something that's amazing. Major League Baseball has announced that they're banning Roberto Alomar, so he was working for Major League Baseball, and they fired him. The Blue Jays, he was working for them. They fired him, and the and the... Canadian Hall of Fame said they're going to keep all of his stuff, but they're not going to, you know, really keep him under, you know, like, oh, invited to events. And the Blue Jays are announcing they're moving his number from the wall and they're any regard. I'm like, just because a guy did something horrible when he retired doesn't mean you need to be like, this guy never played for this franchise. We're going to get rid of his retired number. And he's a disgrace. Until proven guilty, hold off. 
calm down. It's one thing for Major League Baseball themselves to distance themselves and the Blue Jays not to want him to be getting a paycheck, but to be like, oh my God, I'm banging. This dude was one of the greatest second basemen of all time, one of the greatest defensive players of all time. He helped the Blue Jays win a World Series. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm a fan of him because he played for the White Sox, but also because he's a great player. But what he does off the field is his issues. It does not take away from him being in the Hall of Famer. You're going to take away Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth, and any other baseball player that did something bad on the off the field, are the Giants never going to have Barry Bonds come back? You know, I don't get this, the overreaction. It's not really cancel culture, it's overreaction culture, because it just goes, like, you're overdoing it. You won Mercedes, won AO Rookie of the Month, and both DeGrom and the other A-Yank pitcher, the Yankee Terry Cole, won Pitchers of the Month, and Joey Votto has hit his 300th career home run, he's third Reds player to do that. Still, I don't think it's going to be enough to get him in the Hall of Fame. The Dodgers hit two slams in a game for the first time since 2000. They unfortunately lose Dustin May out for the year with a right elbow UCL injury. Tommy John, Robert for the White Sox, lose Robert, tore hip flexor, grade three strain, and he's going to be out for 12 to 16 weeks. The White Sox can't catch a break because they're already without Aloy Jimenez. Jackie Bradley Jr. of the Brewers has now hit 100 career home runs. Congratulations to him. Max Scherzer, after throwing a complete game the other day, raced home to see the birth of his third kid. Bill Schmidt has been announced at the interim GM of the Rockies. As we mentioned a few weeks ago, Jeff Bridrick announced his resignation. Paul Clemens, the Marlins pitcher, has been suspended for 80 games for taking a DHMC, a banned substance. Albert Poole, the other day, played third base. He's had 110 career periods at third base, and we don't remember this, but when he first came up, he played some left field, and he also played some second base. Pedro stopped with the Cubs, asked for release due to personal reasons after the Cubs signed him to a minor league deal after spring training. Because, you know, the team he's on, on released him after spring training. He had taken away a uh, leave of absence, and obviously the details are not revealed. But now, it's been reported that he wants his release from the team. So that is interesting to see how that went down that way. Now, in baseball news also, Logan Forsythe has signed a minor league deal with the Brewers. And Elcius Escobar is back with the Kansas City Royals. I was wondering when a guy like Logan Forsythe, who can play pretty much all the place, and he could be a good pitcher off the bench, good mentor to young players, if he was going to get picked up or not. Now, that is interesting that he finally got picked up. The other thing was Jed Jerko was announced as a coach for like some sort of college thing, so that's why he wasn't out there. And Ruben Tejada's back in, in the major league signing with the Phillies as well. That I found was, you know, somebody like him, that somebody would definitely sign him to a minor league deal. Now, when it comes to the world of television, they've announced the Hawaii Five O like had a show on CBS. Well, they're now at NCS Hawaii, as I mentioned, they did that. So they cast Vanessa Lachey in the lead role, Yasmin Albasuni and Jason Antoon to be in the role. Now, I don't really know these people, and they're making a big deal. She's the first woman to lead the team, and she said she was in an episode of Call Me Cat and Beverly Hills 90210 and other things like that. And there's there probably going to be more people announcing that they're going to be joining the show. And it's good and dandy, but I'm getting, we don't really need another NCIS show just because one ended. It's not important. The best shows usually are ones that you get your chance and opportunity to grow. The actor playing Young Rock in the Young Rock TV show, Dwayne The Rock Johnson announced that he's going to join him in the movie, uh, Black Adam, so that's interesting, kind of saying, hey, I really like that you are really good, you know, playing myself, 
so you can go and get yourself a roll with me. Night Court announced that Militia Roush, everybody knows her from the Big Bang Theory, as Bernadette, she's going to be in the sequel of Night Court. That's good for her. Conan announced that June 24th is going to be his last show ever doing late night. He's still going to do HBO Max shows and traveling shows when weather, when traveling's permitted in his podcast. But it's sad to see him go because I've been watching him since he first went to TBS in terms of every single week being dedicated. I watched them beforehand, but it wasn't like a dedicated thing. And Good Doctor was new for, for another season. As I said, The Resident is the best. New Amsterdam is pretty good, but when it was off the air for so long, you didn't get all the episodes. And The Good Doctor has kind of gone downhill in their in their storytelling that I'm glad it got renewed. But if it got canceled, I wouldn't have been surprised. And the CW, as I already said many times, they renew everything. They renew the show Kung Fu, which I predicted that would happen if you had read, if you read my television review that's on Blogger or Radar 4428 or on my website on the Radar Media. It w- I really said it's really going to be renewed just based on the network. And Stargirl, a show I'm really excited for to come back and is coming in June, that was announced for season three renewal again before the season even starts. Now, the two shows, the last two shows that I reviewed are very, very similar to to uh, to each other. That's why I'm saying I'm going to wait to do both of them. So the first thing I reviewed is the show Kung Fu that was renewed. And for those who know that Kung Fu has been a show that's been done before, but it's completely different. So it's not about having a woman be the one in charge. And it's not about like being an all Asian cat. That's not really the issues that, you know, I have with it. It's more of, it's the fact that the fact that they decide, let's completely change it. And the fact that the original Kung Fu is a 1972 series, it's a Western, but it's action, you know, a martial arts action Western series starring David Carradine, where he's a half Asian man, and he basically gets kicked out of China, you know, after being a Shaolin monk, because somebody kills his girl, his wife, and then he gets revenge, and he's on the run, and and the people are after him. Then he goes to the United States looking for his half brother, and he's, you know, or, and they're looking for each other. And it was basically adapted from a book. So in that show, that's what he's doing. He's basically traveling around the United States, trying to not be killed by the people that are trying to get him. So, and then he's trying to, you know, connect with his with his brother, and they're going along the the west. And this takes place in the 1800s. So if it takes place in 1800s, it's a half Asian guy who's on the run and people try to kill him and he introduces him. is nothing like the one that's on here. And the one on here is, it takes present day. It's an all, pretty much an all Asian cast. It's a woman who, you know, has a midlife crisis, goes to China, you know, all the way to China to become, you know, good at martial arts, you know, isolated area. And she, and she learns martial arts. And the only reason why she left is because her her match, the one that's training her, is killed by a bad guy on the hunt for all these like mystical weapons, and so she's like, well, I got nowhere to go, and she knows that she's gonna be targeted by her. She's going to go back home. She hasn't seen her family in three years, and she's gonna try to also clean up the crime and help people that can't go to the cops. They're 
can't go to a lawyer to help them, you know, you know, people that can't really help you that way. So she's there trying to fix it up. Her parents are entangled with the triad and owing the money, so she has to help them. And so she's got to deal with her family being upset she left and not being a doctor because in that culture, if you're not a doctor or, you know, whatever job you had, law school, oh, that's, you know, bad if you're not a lawyer or a doctor. And I'm like, okay, cool. She wants to help the people that can't be helped. She also wants to get revenge on the person that killed her master and try to find those weapons before the bad guys. So you got a bad guy, got a revenge story, got this cool ancient Chinese history with all these like weapons and stuff. And she's trying to, and she's also helping people. So basically the plot is revenge, avoid that person coming after her and the weapons is the big plot. But then every week there should be actually helping somebody. I'm like, that's cool. And pretty much the cast is unknown. So you can only judge them based on that. Now the father, Sima, he was in the Rush Hour franchise, and he's been in some other things, and, and 24 TV shows, so you've seen him before, and he's like the character, I'm like, you know, I like him, but then you got out of the fact that her ex-boyfriend's a cop, and she guys go to ask him for help sometimes, her brother's a doctor at a clinic, oh, help him sometimes, his sister, her sister is like, oh, yeah, I may be a pretty face, but I'm really good with tech, she can help with, like, the, you know, the internet stuff of looking things up, that's interesting, but then you're like, well, then you got to deal with, oh, sexual abuse in the past. She's got a wedding coming up. Then the bro- brother who's a doctor, oh, he came out when she was gone. And the parents were okay that he came out, but it's not the, you know, the same because, you know, he didn't have all the support he needed. So I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, so the sister's got her problem. The brother's got his issue. You know, the parents and the restaurant and how they're dealing with the fact that the daughter never was there, blah, blah, blah. And the mother's upset. That's the sort of thing. And... If they find out that she was helping people, that's the thing. Then you have a new guy with a shady path who's also looking into all this history and stuff. And he's somebody who can help. And they they got to assume that they're going to be together. And then you got the bad guy. And then you got to worry about what the bad guy is doing. And it's just like, hmm. That's where it's like, okay, so you got a cop. Just All these things is just like, okay. So they got all that. Then they're like, the bad guy's the woman's sister. And then it's like, okay. And then they're like, is it not really a sequel? Because supposedly they made like a television, you know, they made a movie for television called Kung Fu. And then they had the next generation. They tried it again. It's supposed to be a follow-up to the original one. Then they tried it again more. So like they've tried many times to continue this thing. And they're like, is that really like a sequel? But they're like, the fact that Greg Berlanti tried to make this a Fox, it didn't work. And... Then they tried it again with CW. It didn't work. And they kept trying. And the fact that he's tried really, really hard to get the show on the air, I have faith. And this is the third attempt at making like a reboot that he's going to try his best because he's the guy who really makes the shows on the CW. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And yeah, cool. He wants to make it a female-centric one. That's fine. But I would cancel the show because there's so much drama and so many things dragging it down that if you can't come up with an hour, then don't make a TV show an hour, make it a half hour. That I just want to see her doing kung fu, stopping the bad guys, making sure she get those weapons, and save people that can't be saved that are in the town. And the fact that they like made it in San Francisco makes it plausible you can get back and forth to China. Now the other show that I that I reviewed is similar. It is a woman. Who is not a cop. She's not a lawyer. She's not anything else. She is somebody who just follows her own rules. And she helps people. Because 
that's what her her goal is and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. You made all these posters, Katie Seagal and Andy Garcia, and you're like, cool, cool, cool. And there are actors people recognize for other things that you're like, okay, that's cool. I've seen one guy, okay, that guy was on Men at Work. This guy, I just saw him in The Rookie. Oh, and I just saw that guy and this girl. And it's just like, okay, so basically, like, the plot is she helps people that can't help themselves. Like, they can't go to the cops, they can't do this. And I'm like, where have I heard this before that... Oh, wait, I just heard it with Kung Fu. Oh, wait, I just heard it with the Equalizer. Oh, ABC had a quality program last year about a private investigator who's obviously not a cop, not a lawyer, not all this, and it was Kavi Smolders. Her show was really, really good. So, again, ABC, you've done something similar like this just last year. CBS and CW just have a show like that, female-centric lead cast, trying to help people that that need help. And you're like, okay, cool. So the fact that they're like, okay, this is different. It's based on the true life of Aaron Brockovich. I'm like, okay. But the fact that this was already a movie with Julia Roberts, that's again, been there, done that. Same exact story about this lady. Now, it's it's an original idea because it's based on somebody's life, but they've been there, done that. And other shows have done it. And she's this blue-collar legal advocate. She doesn't have a law degree. She basically works for Andy Garcia's company as like a, you know, investigator and getting all these things and trying to, you know, expose corrupt companies, expose rich people, help people that can't be helped, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's cool and dandy, but it's like, I don't get this. And then it's too much of a soap opera because it's famously advertising her having pretty much essentially three ex-husbands because the show starts off with issue the third husband. And the fact that her first husband is a cop who has played a reoccurring role on The Rookie. And at the same time, I've seen this guy on so many other things. And it's just like, I've seen this guy before. He was like, okay. So he is on The Rookie. And he's on a bunch of other things that people have seen him for. Like, I've seen him Stargate before. And it's just like, okay. This guy has so many acting credits, and you've seen him before, but I just know him so much of being a criminal on the, the rookie that I was like, okay, cool. And, and basically, she's. I don't think it's realistic that she can say, hey, can I speak to a, somebody who's in lockup? Help me out because you're my ex-husband and I'm the mother of your child. And using him, I don't think a cop can legally do all those things and get away with it and still be on the force. Like, oh, let's have a uh, well, wellness checkup with a cop, seeing if everything's okay with, like, this woman who needed help. Oh, it happens to be him. Like, that's realistic. And then the fact that her ex-husband, number two, is a lawyer, okay? And and I and this guy is the guy that I've seen from Men at Work. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. James Leisure, like, I've seen him before, and he's playing a lawyer, and he went from being a not-for-profit lawyer to being a corporate, you know, take-the-money-where-it-gets-me prosecutor and, are, you know, are defending the person, and she obviously didn't like that because she liked somebody to change that. Both of them are really in the show, and he's, like, purposely taking on cases that affect her and getting in the way, and then she's got the two grown children. The oldest is the boy, and he's a doctor, and... She asked him to do medical studies and help him with medical stuff. So that's like, okay, abusing the power there. Then her other daughter is a lawyer, and she works for Andy Garcia. 
and, you know, she's usually trying cases that her mother wants to do. And then her father says, you know, I'm going to steal her and piss off my ex-wife. And then she's working for him. And that's like an annoying triangle thing there. Then the other person that works for Andy Garcia is an investigator and she's a former cop. I'm like, okay, cool. Former cop to an investigator. She is, her brother is Benji, the second husband, who's a lawyer. That's her brother. So it's his rebel's ex-sister-in-law works with her and they're both investigators and they're still close friends and confidants. They do all these things. And I'm like, again, I don't get how, like, if I were Andy Garcia, I'm going to hire her, her sister-in-law, her daughter, and then top it off, the third person that she's married to, who she's getting a divorce to, who fixes cars, they adopted a girl because it was not realistically that at her age, Kay Seagal, of Futurama, Sons of Anarchy, and Married with Children, how she can... She could have had a kid, so that's why it's like, okay, so they adopted a kid, and it's not her kid, but now she's, but she's interning for, at the company, and it's just like, then she got to deal with the recovering addict issue, blah, 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 and then Andy Garcia, let's get to him, he's playing like a hard butt, like there's something stuck, his buddy's upset, he's like, up, he's just always angry and upset, and then you got to add the fact that, well, his best friend, his wife's best friend was Rebel. And that's kind of why Revel works for him, and then he hired all those people. I don't think a guy would hire everybody's relatives just because his wife is friends with this woman. And then the fact that he's doing the fact that she died, and it's part of some other thing that Revel's getting into. And it's just like, oh my god, it's like a soap opera, and it's just so much going on. And then, the only people that are in the show that I really like is one of the lawyers that work for... Andy Garcia is an actor that I know very well because this guy has been in so many different TV shows. And I was like, okay, so I liked him on Pitch. And then I liked him on, you know, Empire. You know, Mo McCray, he's good. And then he was in that really crappy show, you know, Almost Family. And I'm like, okay, cool. He was in that and he is a, he's a very good actor. And I was like, it's good to see that he keeps getting work, but again, back-to-back roles as a lawyer on Schultz, I don't think that they're actually going to be renewed. And then, a doctor that supposedly the oldest son ghosted and didn't do anything with, she's been in stuff before, and, I, and, and I've seen her, and she was Lucy on Timeless, and I'm just like, huh. That's where I'm just like, Abigail Spencer, yeah, she's been famous for other things, but she just was on a really popular show called Timeless, and she's interesting, but it's just like... The two most interesting characters are reoccurring characters, and there's just so much going on, and you're like, woman who helps people even though she's not a lawyer or a cop. Well, the lady in Kung Fu is doing that. Queen Latifah, doing that in Equalizer. And in this one, Katie Seagal is doing it in a rebel at her age, and she's wearing like, clothing for somebody 10, 20 years younger, and e. Garcia is like jerky in this thing, and all the other actors are just like, eh, and it's too much coincidence that it bogs down with all this drama and all this, like, Stuff that you do not need, okay? Like, if I'm sorry, but Andy Garcia, this is beneath you. This is not a really good script. It's not that great. And Katie Seagal should just realize that she's been in three successful TV shows upon every other thing she's ever done, that there's no point in to doing this thing. Now, the only reason I think this will be renewed is because of all the advertisements and all the effort and all the big-time actors they put in there. One thing. Other thing is, this is the creators of Grey's Anatomy. And they've had so many failed shows, or shows that only lasted two, maybe three years at most, on the, thank God it's Thursday time block, obviously Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, they're on for a long time, but like, 
Four of the people didn't last that long, and a few others didn't. So the fact that they got Grey's Anatomy that's going on for eternity in Station 19, they're like, let's make it a whole block of only Grey's Anatomy producer show because others have been canceled have been on the air that long, and we just want to do that. So that's the only reason is because the Grey's Anatomy creators and the network and their love affair with them that those three, if they're all in the same block, that's the reason, and all the effort they put in there and all the other stuff. But that's it. I would cancel the show because it's just horrible. And because what it's doing is it's pushing a million little things out of Thursday night, which doesn't belong with those other two shows, in my opinion. But either way, they push it to Wednesday. Then guess what happens to the show on Wednesday, which is For Life, a procedural courtroom drama law show. That has been on the air. And we're showing, like, Pooch Perfect and game shows and things that don't really matter. And Big Sky is still on the air and it's got completely off the rail. That's on Tuesday night. And there's nowhere else to show For Life. So I'm already mad that they pushed one show to another night and another show off the air. For this, this isn't really that great. It's only going to be renewed because of the people that make it. Same thing with Kung Fu. It's only renewed because the CW renews everything. And that Greg Berlanti is a big part of the CW network. So they're like, we got to give him the show. We got to keep and we got to renew it because they tried three other times to put it on the air. And it's important to have racial diversity and have a show where it's all, you know, showing off other races and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. And it doesn't matter to me that Katie Scott's character has married white and black people and have white and black children. Like, it doesn't matter to me. It's not going to make things different or worse. So, rest in peace to all the people who passed away. Happy trails to all the people that retired. And, as always, this was on the radar. This was episode number 80. We talk about local and national sports. On the radar media comes my website. Radar 4428's blog site. On the radar entertainment blog. It's my Facebook Follow me at Radar4428 on Twitter. Download, like, subscribe, whatever you got to do for On The Radar for anywhere you can pop that. Google, Apple, Spotify, On The Radar for my YouTube. And yeah, just so you know, on my website and on my blogger, I have a full-length review about both Rebel and Kung Fu and every other show I did. Okay? Thanks for listening to episode number 80 for On The Radar. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.